Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by exalting the glory of God, sharing and showing the love of Christ, and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now here's this week's message. I just want to share a little background uh, on what we're talking about today. Uh, This series has been on the calendar for months, starting a brand new series called uh, Just Saying, and it's on the power of words. But each week as we've gotten closer to it, um, I've heard people say things, not knowing that this series was coming up, about how we need to talk about how we relate to one another, how we talk to one another. For me personally, uh, just just needed this series and this reminder of, um, you know, how we as Christians uh, should be talking to one another and should communicate to each other. Uh, But before we talk about what it is, let me tell you what the series is not about, because there's a lot of people out there uh, that think that our words create reality. uh, And that's not what we're talking about, because our words Uh, don't necessarily create reality. I can't speak money into existence. I can't speak cars into existence. Um, I can't speak a better wardrobe into existence. And I don't need to. As long as there's thrift stores, I'll be dressing the way I am. So, but this is not what we're focusing on and not what we're talking about. What we are talking about, though, uh, is words influencing people. Uh, Because our words, the way that we talk to one another, things we say, uh, they influence people, and that does impact our reality. The way that I talk to someone and the way they perceive that, whether good, bad, or otherwise, can change the way that they interact with me, which which changes my reality. It can change, you know, if I'm mean to Christy and badmouth her and talk bad to her, uh, then she can determine whether or not I have a good day the rest of the day. That's just the way that works. Uh, so, um, and I have some people, um, not you guys, I was talking to online, uh, talking to other pastors about, yeah, this is what we're teaching on. And it's like, why do you need to talk about how to talk to one another? Doesn't the Bible say how to talk to one another? But, but let, me, let me throw this out there. So imagine if in all of our homes there were no yelling. Like mom never had to yell to get stuff done, right? And we all would love a house where mom's not yelling. Right? And we won't say amen because we don't want to get yelled at by mom. But we would all love that thank you house. We would love to be in a home where you could just say, this is what I need done, and they do it, or this needs to be done, or do it. Or we could all communicate effectively. And, and I say that uh, um, just having been good. Christy's not here right now. Just having been on a conference call with all of our family trying to figure out what we want to do for Christmas vacation like 15 different people, 15 different ideas, not yelling in anger, but seriously, not able to get things done. First, second, third conference call, a couple of chats, and we still haven't figured it out. But what if we could all just communicate effectively with here's what we want, understanding that we all come from different places, and when we talk, we're talking from not just here's what I want, but here's what my history tells me, here's my life experience, here's life through my eyes. And imagine if in our workplaces, where everyone was respected, there were no cliques, uh, there were no um, people gossiping about one another, or every time you made a mistake, uh, you didn't have to feel like I'm going to be shamed by all the other people talking bad about me. Or imagine if in our schools, uh, there were no bullying. 
Now, uh, I say that, but let me say this, because when I was growing up, uh, we made fun of each other. How many people made fun of your classmates and people? Yeah, uh, Stephen and I were the only ones that raised our hand. Okay, the rest of you guys apparently liked each other. No, but we made fun of each other. But there was a line we wouldn't cross. And I remember specifically in high school, uh, we were standing around, you know, in between periods, and we were making fun of, you know, each other, and you're so ugly, this, and blah, blah, blah. And then one of my friends said to another one of my friends, he said, and look at your clothes. You can't dress. And he started making fun of his clothes. And my friend said, wait, whoa, whoa, hold on, time out. And he said, you can make fun of me all you want, but don't make fun of my clothes because that's all my mom could afford. And she works hard for her money, so don't go there. And it got quiet, and no one said anything. And it got real for a minute until someone said, well, what about your haircut? Because you look ugly as blah, blah, blah. And we just started in again, but we knew he made it clear, hey, here's the line. Don't cross it. We could still have fun with one another, joke with one another, uh, and, you know, I'm not encouraging kids to make fun of one another. I'm acknowledging it's going to happen. But, yeah, imagine if that line were never crossed and people didn't leave school feeling demeaned and less than, but they left feeling a part of something and like they had people who cared about them. And, and that's why we're, we're, we're talking about this because there's actually a biblical view for how we should communicate with one another, how we're supposed to talk with one another, and it's based on the way that God communicates to us, the way that God talks to us. Now, when God talks to us, if you look through the Bible, God doesn't talk to us about how much he hates us. You will not see that in the Bible. You'll see there's things that God hates. God hates sin. God hates these actions. But when he communicates to us about the things he hates, he does it out of love of love for us. And you'll see places in the Bible where uh, God is angry about things that we do, uh, the consequences of our sin, the things that separate us, but you'll never see God coming down and berating us and making us feel less than, but he's always talking to us out of the joy that we could have if we get these things out of our life and if we get it right. And although God will often see, you'll see it throughout the Bible where, um, whoops, sorry, he talks about the disappointment, not with us, but with our actions and with some of the choices that we make. But he's often talking about the hope that he has because he sees the potential in us. He sees what we're capable of. He knows what we're capable of. And as parents, I mean, sometimes we see that with our kids. They feel like we're beating them down but it's not that we're disappointed in them. It's we see the hope and the potential that they could have if some different choices were made, right? So uh, jumping into a couple of Bible verses. In a minute, I'm going to have you open your Bible, uh, but uh, up here real quick, looking in Proverbs chapter 12, and this is the NIV version. It says, the words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And you'll see stuff like this all throughout Proverbs. And we're like, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't think we get it because what it's saying is the words of the reckless, when we don't think about what we say, what does a, a, a sword do? It pierces, it draws blood, but it leaves a wound. And depending upon how deep that wound is, it may take weeks 
months, or it may never heal. And when we use our words to cut people down, some people, it may take weeks to get over it. Some get over it the next day. Some may never get over it. They may never heal from the tearing down of the words, especially if it's from a parent or a, a loved one or someone who they look up to. In Proverbs chapter 13, this is what it says. Those who guard their lips preserve their lives, but those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Again, it's about thinking what we say. Thinking before we just lash out with our words. And think about this. Um, those who speak rashly are quickly without thinking. It's not just saying you're going you're gonna to hurt them, but it's also saying you'll come to ruin. You may end a friendship, a relationship, a marriage, because we spoke without thinking. We may end a, a relationship with a son or a daughter that may not heal for months, years, or decades because we didn't take time to think through what we wanted to say. Last one I'm going to put up here. Uh, in James, in James, the, the brother of Jesus Christ, uh, this is what he writes in James chapter 3, and this is the English Standard Version, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it, we bless our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be. And he, he, he's saying that the tongue is, is just evil and vile and poison. And we know poison can make you sick or it can kill. And part of where he's coming from is, is, is a personal place, because we talked about this a while ago, even though he's the brother of Jesus, uh, he belittled and made fun of and ridiculed Jesus because he didn't believe in him. And he says this, it should never happen where as a Christ follower, where we have the Holy Spirit of God in us and we're supposed to bring light that we're using our mouths to curse and tear people down. That should never happen. Does it happen? Yep. Have I ever done it? Sure. And you don't have to look around, but we all know people who we've opened our mouths and we've said things that have hurt people or maybe just blew up or said something at the wrong time. And praise God for, you know, creating wives who have elbows because there's been more than one time when I'm opening my mouth saying something and Chrissy has elbowed me and said, shut up. And we'll talk about that a little later on in the series. But we're not supposed to tear people down. And it's not, it's not like there's a situation when it's okay to tear people down. According to this, there is never a time when if you're a Christ follower with the spirit of God in you, that you're supposed to tear people down. Are you supposed to educate people? Yeah. Are you supposed to uh, dis discipline people? Yeah. Are you supposed to tear people down? Never. So open your Bible to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. And the book of Ephesians was written by Paul to the church in Ephesus. And he's writing to a congregation that was mixed with, you know, people like us, people who had daily issues, they had uh, things that they were going through, they had struggles, all kind of stuff. 
And, and depending upon what Bible, what version you're reading, if you don't have a Bible, there should be one under your seat somewhere. Um, depending on what verb you re- version you're reading, uh, there might be a title at the top of Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 17. It says, living as children of light, or how to live, or something of that nature. Because what Paul is doing, he's not just saying, here's how you should talk. He's talking about, if you're a Christ follower, here is the way that you should live your life. This is what God sent his Holy Spirit in you to do so that you're empowered to do it. And in verse 17, he says this. He says, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. And when he says you're not supposed to live that way, you're not supposed to live, walk, talk, or try to emulate the people who don't have God's Holy Spirit. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Basically, what he's saying is this. There are people who don't have God's Holy Spirit And they choose pleasure over the Prince of Peace. And it's not saying that they're, you know, they're evil or whatever. He's just saying they choose to live their lives for them. But we, as Christ followers, are supposed to live our lives for Christ. He says in verse 20, you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on a new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It's not a matter of all of a sudden I'm a Christian, so I've got, oh, wow, now I'm never going to do anything wrong. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to say things I shouldn't. I'm going to hurt people. I'm going to do stupid things. But if my thinking is that, hey, you know what? What would Christ do? which is going to hopefully cause me to think before I talk, think before I act, think before I do these things, and I allow God's Holy Spirit to guide me, then I'm going to start to see things differently. This situation that I'm in where I would have just yelled at Andrew or screamed at Andrew, now I'm going to think about it differently, and maybe Andrew has a point. Maybe I don't need to yell at him or scream at him. Maybe I need to just say, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. In a situation where instead of, you know, yelling at Jake or screaming at Jake or saying, you know what, I'm cut off, I'm done with you, maybe I need to go and say, hey, you know what, I don't understand what you're saying. I'm sorry if I came off wrong. Let's go have coffee and talk about it. And it's not that we become perfect. It's that as we allow God's Holy Spirit to work in us, we begin to see things differently and do things differently and think about things differently that causes us to react differently. And here's the things that we should be doing differently. He says in verse 25, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing, steal no more, uh, but must work doing something useful with his own hands that he may have something to share with those in need. It's not only am I no longer now, I can't steal stuff like I used to. And yes, I'm not going to lie, I've stolen stuff, not recently, all of you are looking at me like, what? Not recently, but yeah, I, I've, I've stolen stuff, but now I'm only going, not only am I supposed to work for stuff instead of stealing it, I'm supposed to use it to bless the lives of others, to give to other people in need. And here's verse 29. 
And because we're doing all these things differently, because we're thinking differently, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their need, that it may benefit those who listen. See, not only am I supposed to think differently, I'm supposed to talk to other people differently. I'm supposed to put their needs before mine so that everything I say, I want to lash out at you. I want to tell you how stupid you are for walking off a cliff because you're playing Pokemon Go, but I can't. So I'm going to hold that back, and I'm going to use words that lift you up according to your needs. And he says, and don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. And get rid of all the bitterness, rage, and anger, bawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And here's how we do it. We be kind to one another. Be compassionate to one another. Be forgiving to one another, just as in Christ God forgave us. Be the church. Be kind to people. Be compassionate. That should be our gut first impulse to every, when people attack us verbally, when people yell at us, when people are posting crazy things on social media, when we're talking to our spouses, our family members, our children, love one another. So here's, here's, here's the thing. Um, what would it look like for us to speak not out of hate, but out of love, not out of anger, but out of joy, and not out of disappointment, but out of the hope potential in every situation and and how many guys have ever seen this movie uh facing the giants okay a couple of people it's a football movie i thought everybody would have seen it but it's not a steelers movie so i can understand it but in this movie there's a scene um where where all of this is is put into action so um take a look at this clip so coach how strong is westview this year a lot stronger than we are you already written Friday night down as a lost Brock? Well, not if I knew we could beat him. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. <laughs> 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. I get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. It's going to be good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. <laughs> That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet. Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You got to keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. 
There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep, dri keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on, keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know I'm, he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. It's all hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your best. Your best. Don't stop. Keep going. Too hard. It's not too hard. You keep going. Come on, Brock. Give me more. Give me more. Keep going. 20 more steps. 20 more. Keep going, Brock. Give me your best. Look up, Brock. You're in the end zone. Brock, you are the most influential player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Don't tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Hurts. Can I count on you? Yes. Hurts. What is it, Jeremy? I weigh 160. about this for a minute. I don't know if you've ever coached a little league team, but I'm pretty sure that he hated the fact that one of his key players had already decided we're going to lose this game. But he didn't speak to him out of a place of hate. 
And I'm sure he was extremely angry that that attitude, I mean, as he said, you're one of the most influential people, was working its way through the team. That they were all like, yeah, why, why even bother? But he didn't speak to him out of a place of anger. And I'm pretty sure that the way that he was yelling and encouraging him was out of place of hope for the potential he saw. And, I mean, I realize that's a movie, but do you think there is anyone on this planet that would ever have been able to tell him, you can't do anything? I'm sure every challenge he faced after that, he walked into it like, I got this. Because of the way that he was spoken to. And if we, as we read in Ephesians, this is the message version, and I'm going to ask the band to come up while we read this. If we make a clean break with all cutting, all backbiting, all profane talk, and we're gentle with one another, and sensitive in the way that we talk to one another, and forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God and Christ forgave us, we would see a difference in our homes and our schools and our workplaces. If we would just love one another the way that God loves us and speak to one another the way that God speaks to us, then even those people who don't know God are going to start speaking that way too. They're going to be more caring. It's going to be a lot less sarcasm, a lot less hatred online, a lot more positive conversations going on. And it all comes from a place of us realizing how much God loves us and be able to talk to other people as if we are people who are loved by God. So I'm going to ask you guys to stand. We're going to close out with a song. God, we just thank you so much that you love us like crazy and that you don't give up on us, that you pour your heart, your soul into showing us how to love one another the way that you love us. And if we get nothing else out of this world, I pray that we walk out of here understanding your love, receiving your love, and that we learn how to be compassionate, how to be forgiving. 